Welcome to Skin Deep here on Sirius XM Radio, Channel 141, HR Voices. I'm your host, Sharon Morton. And as always, I'm so happy to be here and have you listening. I want you to help me welcome my incredibly smart guest, attorney Carmise Graves. She obtained a merit scholarship to attend Howard University School of Law. And while there, she served as senior editor of the Howard Law Journal, folks. Now, you know she's brilliant, right? She received her Juris Doctorate and was admitted to the Maryland State Bar. And upon graduation, Attorney Graves was recruited as a corporate finance associate for a DC law firm where she provided estate planning services pro bono, which means for free. And in 2009, she was appointed to serve in the first term of President Barack Obama's administration. And in 2012, Attorney Graves founded the law offices of Carmise T. Graves, which specializes in estate planning and family law. She is also my soror, a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. And on today's show, we will be discussing some really important things, guys, okay? You need to make certain that you handle your business, the business of estate planning. Let me tell you from experience, you better put your things in order before you leave this earth, okay? So look, as I always say, I want you to stay tuned. We're going to be doing more than just scratching the surface here on Skin Deep. We're talking to attorney Carmise Graves about wills, estate planning, divorce, trusts, and money. And by the way, if you want to reach out, as always, email me at skindeepradioshow at gmail.com or hit me up on Instagram at Sharon underscore Morton. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with information you just can't afford to miss here on Skin Deep. Looking for a down-home restaurant serving mouth-watering Southern-style food? Then the Carolina Kitchen is the place you need to be. Come and enjoy savory and soulful dishes like creamy shrimp and grits, delectable mac and cheese, crispy fried chicken, and seafood, collards, candy yams, and so much more. Don't forget the Carolina Kitchen sweet and savory cakes and pies. And enjoy their happy hour spectacular with wings, wine, and beer. Bring your appetite and leave with a smile. The Carolina Kitchen, it's comfort food for the soul. Visit any one of Carolina Kitchen's locations in Maryland and Washington, D.C. and go to thecarolinakitchen.com for a location near you. Are you looking to buy or sell your home? Maybe you're looking to buy your first income producing property. You need a realtor who knows the area and is a homeowner as well as an investor. Well, look no further. You need Imari Miller. Imari will be your cheerleader and your advocate in the sometimes daunting real estate process. You can depend on Imari to get you the deal you deserve. If you want a realtor who is passionate about making your dreams come true, give Imari a call at 443-208-9919. That's 443-208-9919. Or email her at imari.realtor at gmail.com. 
That's I-M-A-R-I dot realtor at gmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to Skin Deep here on Sirius XM Radio Channel 141 HUR Voices. As I mentioned before the break, I have with me our attorney, Carmise Graves. She's got a lot of great information that you just don't want to miss, folks. Okay, welcome to the show, Carmise. How you doing? Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor and pleasure. My soror, Shireen, that was a wonderful, warm introduction, and I look forward to getting into it and sharing some gems and wisdom to help us get estate planning our business in order. Yep, yep, yep. It's really important uh, getting that business in order. Explain to my listeners exactly what is family and estate planning um, and and what happens if you don't plan? (laughs) Well, if you don't plan, the state has made a plan. There is a plan in place. There's always a default plan. And what we're talking about is when you own assets and people think sometimes, oh, I don't own anything. This estate, I always thought of estates as big houses and big gates and things of that nature. But the estate is what you own when you pass away, what you own now. And if you don't make a plan, there are rules of what we call intestacy. There are default rules. People probably are more familiar with this idea when it comes to divorce will say you didn't do a prenuptial agreement so you're just going to have to go along with the state rules and how this divorce proceeding is going to go the same set of rules apply for estate planning they're called the rules of intestacy to keep things in some sort of order if you have not taken those steps so if you don't make a plan there's a plan in place and i like how you added that You know, a lot of people think estate means, you know, a million, two million dollar home. No, an estate can be as small as your car. What, like you said, what you own when you die, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And if you have family, if you have children, if you have a spouse, the way that that's handled is different than if you had no one, if it was just you, right? Now, I wanted to also talk about, family law like what's the difference between family law and estate planning and are they related well they are definitely on different ends of the spectrum but there is one estate planning document that people tend to think it's family related because it comes up in divorce proceedings but it's an estate planning document and that is the prenuptial agreement people Mm -hmm. don't think about prenuptial agreements until maybe it's time to think about dissolving the marriage, but prenuptial agreements are estate planning documents because they are about deciding how your wealth will be distributed pursuant to a divorce because through divorce, a lot of assets are transferred and conveyed. And then also the prenuptial agreement addresses how and when assets will be distributed pursuant to um, an estate. So it has this third component that folks typically don't know, but you really have to plan. If you want to change the default rules as it relates to your spouse, your spouse is a super heir, okay? I don't think I've used that term before. Uh, Yeah, what does that mean? Okay, break it down. Comes first, is that what it is? Yes, absolutely. They come first and they cannot be disinherited wholeheartedly. Because when you take the vows of marriage, you become one economic unit. 
you take on the financial responsibility of your spouse. So the state is not too inclined and the laws of Maryland in many states are not too inclined that you could just write a will and write your spouse out of your life. They're like, you should just probably get a divorce because you're not gonna just be able to do that. So it's through the prenuptial agreements that if you wanna augment or change that, they have to literally agree. You're not gonna be able to just, you know, and the rule is about 30%. So you can put your assets in any vehicle we talk about today, a will, a revocable living trust. But if you've given your spouse, you know, a, a real short end of the stick, they and have not done estate planning and have not executed the spousal waiver, have not done a prenuptial agreement, they can torpedo your whole estate plan, at least to their, um, and it's called the spousal election. Wow. Um, I think a lot of people also think prenups, prenuptial agreements are for the rich, for celebrities. They don't think, oh, well, I should do a prenup because, you know, I don't have a lot. I just have a house and a car. That's it. Um, but this can extend to like your 501k. I mean, everything, correct? Absolutely. You bring up a, a really fine point because the modern use of prenuptial agreements really is for the working class person who is getting married later on in life, you, or, or you could be starting your venture, you know, but people are coming to the marriage with some assets and they Mm -hmm. don't want the default rules of family law to dictate. And let me give you an example. So in Maryland, you say, you, you, you know, you're working at your job and you're putting your money aside in your 401k, maybe you work for the federal government, you have a TSP and you're maximizing their matching and you're planning for long, long term. And you come into the marriage and it's accumulated to about $30,000. You get married and the marriage lasts 20 years. And at the end of uh, this marriage, 20 years later, say it's worth $150,000. Now, okay. now, without the prenuptial agreement, they're gonna say, okay, you came in with 30, you get that. So we're gonna do 150 minus the 30, that leaves 120. And guess what? You're gonna give your spouse 60 grand, okay? Wow, oh, half, half. Half of That's what? not just in California. That's every, I mean, everybody talks about that being the law in California, but that's everywhere? It's not everywhere. Each state gets to determine, and that's why it's really important to have professionals in your jurisdiction. I'm licensed in D.C. and Maryland, so I can tell you how we do it here. I'm sure New York's a little different, but Maryland and D.C., they tend to be, and I can speak specifically about Maryland, Maryland is more of a community property state than not, meaning that's where they start. And if you convince them that there's a reason for them to shift away from dividing that asset equally, then they will consider it. But they usually, you know, it, it doesn't happen that often. I can go into court pretty reassured that we're going to divide that pension and we're going to divide that TSP or 401k. So I think those are good uses. Let's switch back to the will. What makes a will ironclad? So, for example, if a relative leaves a will behind and the estate, um, the the will says that the estate is to be divided uh, between two relatives, and one of those relatives is the executor of the estate. Uh, what what is it that makes a will ironclad? Like, is it hard for a relative that's not in the will to come and contest the will? 
wills are not ironclad. You just go need a better document. <laughs> they are really, they're better than the default rules, right? You've yeah. had some say, you have made some decisions, but they're really susceptible to contests, you know? Um, they still subject you to probate. So we really advise that if you know that you maybe are brewing with some family conflict, maybe you know are dealing with you know a second marriage and have kids from a first marriage, so you got a mixed family situation. If you think conflict is afoot and that you you could now you could put in your will that anyone contest contesting the will could be disinherited as a result oh. of that con contest. So if I were to give well, something. Mm -hmm. What if the will is probated already? Then it's hard to contest, correct? Well. If the will's already been probated, the person is deceased and the will has been probated by the courts. Is that, it then hard to contest after that? Well, that means that all of the assets pretty much have been distributed according to the instructions pursuant to the will. So it's done. You know, it's done. Once, yeah, right. once once the register will signs off on the administration of that estate, it's a it's a yeah. done deal. So if any contest that you're going to bring, it needs to happen in the probate process because it does have a litigation arm. If you want to bring a case, right? The letters of administration. Once those are administered, that's it. Well, that's really the beginning. It's when you fulfill all of the requirements of the register of wills, and mm -hmm. they close the case and say you have satisfied us the accounting is right the distributions are according to either the default rules or the last will and testament you've dotted all your i's you cross your t's and we will close the estate and once that happens i mean you can file to reopen it but the contested will i mean i mean i can't say it's impossible right yeah so i noticed you have two tabs on your website um and they're labeled is it divorce for men and divorcing a narcissist. Is that what's on your website? I can't remember. <laughs> you know, so there's three. So there's three. that's how the shop is divided up. So as my background, I'm a CPA and attorney. So that's why I was, you know, I did corporate and finance. I was where the law met the money. Okay. And okay. so I did bankruptcy, estate planning, and corporate and finance work. And so now we move on. And what has happened is divorcing a narcissist is a particular skill set that I've developed just along life's journey, right? <laughs> uh, just along life's journey. I've well, developed wait, wait, that wait, skill wait. set. We're about to go into break in about a minute. Mm -hmm. um, what's the third tab? Because we're going to come back and talk about that. Uh, those those three tabs. The, oh, well, the three uh, are, there are two fam family tabs, father's rights, divorcing a narcissist, and estate planning, what we're talking about okay. tonight. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. And I like the tab where you uh, talk about father's rights, because a lot of men feel that they have no rights, that it's always the woman that wins in the end. And so I'm certain you've had tons of clients that have said that, and you've probably represented a number of men who have said that as well. But I mean, we're going to, we're going to get the, the, the tea on that when we come back from break, folks, I want you to stay tuned right here on Sirius XM radio channel 141 HR voices. We are talking to attorney Carmise Graves, and we are talking about about estate planning, divorce, you know, divided prenups, everything that you could possibly name. You want to stay tuned. We'll be right back.
calling all Nigerians in the DMV and friends of Nigeria to join us for the President's Day weekend rally on Saturday, February 18th in Washington, D.C. to celebrate democracy, the potential for a new Nigeria, and to support the presidential campaign of H.E. Peter Obi. So if you're a big supporter of Nigeria, love Jollof Rice, Afrobeats, and the culture, here's an opportunity to be part of something big. All Nigerian Americans and friends of Nigeria are invited to join the rally on February 18th. The event is free and open to the public. A new Nigeria is possible. Come to the President's Day weekend rally on Saturday, February 18th on the Capitol grounds at 100 East Capitol Street, Northeast Washington, D.C. from 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. For more information, visit posgdmv.com. That's posgdmv.com. Get ready for skincare and makeup that will heal your mind, body, and soul. SkinDeepBeautyStore.com is a totally organic and vegan skincare and makeup line that you'll love using because what you put on your body is just as important as what you put in it. Choose from our organic moisturizers, anti-aging serums, natural and fruit-based scrubs, masks, lipsticks and glosses no more worries about harsh chemicals being absorbed into your skin it's time to commit to your health and wellness skindeepbeautystore.com is your one-stop cruelty-free skincare and makeup shop with safe and environmentally friendly ingredients for the love of you visit us at skindeepbeautystore.com that's skindeepbeautystore.com Welcome back to Skin Deep here on Sirius XM Radio. We were talking to attorney Carmise Graves about divorce, um, about prenups, about wills. Carmise, um, tell us what your website is and then tell us about those three tabs that you have on the website that I found so interesting. Okay, you guys can reach out to me. My website is my name, www.carmisegraves.com. Carmise, C-A-R-M-I-E-C-E. And Google Carmise, and that's enough. You will find me. I have a pretty good footprint on on the on Google. So C A R M I E C E Graves.com. I love that. I'm the only Sharon as well, with my name spelled the way that it is. So, but tell us what those three tabs mean. Tell us um, about the fathers, about narcissists. I forget the third one. The estate planning. I'll, um, so just quickly, so you hit on it. As a litigator, when we come into family law litigation, how we're trained in law school, you know, we have to argue both sides all of the time. You know, mm. I don't really get a sense that we like pick a side. We just say, which side do I have and what facts do I need to bring my case? What are my strong points? What are my weak points? And that's how we see it. And we go in and we litigate the factors. But in my experience, talking to fathers, they just felt like, you know, the court system's against us. We get the short end of the stick and it was perplexing. I'm like, really? And I'm thinking, I think it's more so kind of what happens when relationships dissolve. Men typically are the ones that would leave the home and maybe you go too far. You know, not really consulting with an attorney before. And I'd say, helping fathers to strategically place themselves to remain in their children's lives is really important to me. I really... Okay. 
we all know the impacts of youngsters when they don't have a father figure at home. So to mm -hmm. me, it's vitally important for the future of our community that I help preserve those relationships. So when good fathers want to step up and you know be involved in their kids' lives, I'm there to support them. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. I think that's good. Now, mm -hmm. what about the whole divorcing a narcissist? What is that? Ooh, that's a sticky one. Now, on the shop, and it's a neutral term. People look at the site and always think that narcissism is referring to men. That is not the case. No. It is yeah. a neutral term. It's a gender neutral term. But what you have to do in that sort of case is have experience with the gaslighting. Have mm -hmm. be able to develop a case and really support what has happened to the individual that has sustained that sort of abuse for the elongated amount of time. They're a special kind of client and you have to be able to deal with them um, with those particularities and develop a case strategy for the person that's just going to come in, love conflict, gaslight, lie, love the wow. drama, put on light. I mean, a lot of people come to court just to say, let's get this done. But the narcissist yeah. is coming for the lights, camera and action. They're coming to devastate in days. They love the conflict and you need an attorney that understands how to set the mousetrap and slay the narcissist and get my people back you know, into enjoying their lives and staying hopeful about finding love in the future. Wow, I love that because you're not just talking about law, you're talking about love. And I don't think I've ever heard an attorney explain it that way. Like they're, you're looking at the long term, you're trying to bring um, at least some peace to this divorcing couple. You're trying to make certain that the father stays in the home and has a relationship with the children. I don't know if I've heard an attorney talk like that before. So that, I think that sets you apart. Thank you. I'm really passionate. Yeah. It's about, I do family law because I love people and it's, and I want to tell people it's, it's a, it's a really tough endeavor, um, intimate relationships, you know? So if mm -hmm. you're struggling in a relationship or it's not working out, don't judge yourself because being in an intimate relationship and having a successful um, partnership is, is one of the greatest things that we endeavor to do as humans and it's difficult. So It is challenging, very challenging. <laughs> yes, but it seems like you help people navigate that once that relationship ends. So that's a that's a good thing that you're doing. I see that um, the relationship changes, especially if they have kids. It's gonna continue, right. it's just different. Yeah, so tell our listeners um, about how to build, manage and protect you know, their own wealth. Uh, I know you talked about in the last segment about um, prenuptial agreements, which I'm assuming you should go into or have before you get married. And, but while you're married, you mentioned too, you know, how you're gonna, you know, marriage is a contract and you become one unit, one financial unit. Mm -hmm. And then once you break up, uh, whatever you accumulated during marriage, I'm assuming that's what you have to divide equally. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. You mentioned that too. Yeah. And so what's the importance behind balancing love and money while still protecting your rights? Is that the prenup itself? Because some people feel like, hey, uh, you shouldn't make me sign this prenup if you love me. Uh, mm -hmm. You're automatically assuming that I'm going to steal, every, steal everything. So why should I sign this prenuptial agreement? Or you could say, you know, you're marrying for love, so you should sign it. <laughs> you're married for love, not money, so. But you know what? I, 
you know, if you go both ways, I find that prenuptial agreements, like a state planning, it's a part of this state planning shop. And mm -hmm. like a state planning, what you're doing is in a in a cool, level-headed space, you're thinking about how you want things to go when the inevitable happens when you pass away, or God forbid, you go through a divorce. And I find it to be like a love letter. You know, they don't have to be harsh and bare bones. They could be just say simple, like, look, babe, anything, and here's a misnomer that people have about prenuptial agreements. It doesn't just alienate your spouse. It just says, we're gonna determine that assets that are jointly titled are marital property. I just want to exclude this and that, okay? And mm -hmm. usually if there's a lot of money involved, there's escalation clauses, but it's just saying, look, I don't want to fight. I, I don't, I love you. I never want to fight about money. If we break up, this is what I can offer. Um, you know, if we're not together, I do want my retirement. I think it's a love letter saying, while we love each other, if we break up, let's break up and, and minimize conflict and vitriol. Yeah, yeah. Tell, tell us what are some of the biggest mistakes people make in estate planning? The, the, the do-it-yourself versions where they think that if they put, here's the big one, adding people to deeds, adding people to deeds is the biggest mistake. And wow. also, I find it to be a red flag in a marriage, too. You know, I've, sometimes some of my, you know, clients are muscled into adding spouses to these. They went and got guidance. And all of a sudden, to make a person feel whole, you got to put them on the deed. Red flag. Red flag. Why are you saying that's a red flag? Because the person had the house before they got married. And now that they're married, this house now, and they put them on the deed, their spouse on the deed, this house now belongs to both of them. And if they divorce, that's some, that's a, that's a challenge. Is and that what you usually, mean? It's just the pressure of it. You know, why, you know, and it's usually look out for imbalance in assets. Typically what happens during divorce, what happens is if you have an inequity that someone is the saver, you know, they're the ones that invested their 401k and the spouse has nothing. If you sponsored your spouse during the marriage, you're going to sponsor them during the divorce. Okay. Wow. I like how you said that. If you sponsored them during the marriage, you want to sponsor them during the divorce. Absolutely. That's what you've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> Any other mistakes before we um, head out and end the show? What are some other big mistakes? Final one, just adding people to the deed. People think that this is a quick way to transfer real estate to loved ones. Absolutely do not do this. I can give you the reason why. So say, you know, you're, you, you, know, you have a child, you say, look, I'm not doing all that fancy planning. I'll just add them to the team. Here is a real life example that we've litigated. It was devastating. But what you do in that situation is you expose that child or that loved one or whomever you added to the deed, you expose their creditors to your asset. I have had people wow. add their kids to the deed and that child filed chapter 13 bankruptcy. And guess what happens? Right. That house was sold. Oh my goodness. So what should parents do if they want their children or child to have the the property? What should Revocable they do? Living trust. Do the state planning the right way. Put it in a trust because you still control it. 
Okay, you don't have title to it, but you still control it. And then it will have provisions in it that will transfer when you pass away. There's different types of deeds that we can develop. Um, in DC, you can do transfer on death deeds, meaning that there's a deed pre-filed that automatically comes into effect when you pass away and automatically transfer the assets to your heirs. But it remains your asset under your control until you pass away. Okay, so that and the, uh, what did you say, the revocable? revocable. Yeah, the revocable living trust is a, you know, step up from the will. It it provides Mm -hmm. your, it provides efficiency, privacy. It avoids conflict. It avoids probate, the cost of probate, the tedium of probate. It is still, and it's a fraction of cost of probate. Okay. okay. And you're able to just handle business in a very discreet, sophisticated, and savvy manner. That's, a good, that's some good information. Thank you so much, Carmise. Give us your website again so people will know who to talk to, who they can go to, to protect themselves. Absolutely. Google Carmise, C-A-R-M-I-E-C-E. Again, that's spelled C-A-R-M-I-E-C-E. Last name Graves, G-R-A-V-E-S. And that's www.carmisegraves.com. Thank you so much, Carmis. That's it for now, folks. I'm your host, Sharon Morton, here with the dynamic estate planning attorney, Carmise Graves. I hope that you take the information we provided today and use it to put things in order. You can hear this show on Sirius XM Radio Channel 141, HR Voices on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays, as well as on iTunes, Spotify, and all streaming platforms. And hit me up at skindeepradioshow at gmail.com or check me out at Sharon underscore Morton on on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks again for tuning in on all things that are skin deep.